we'd like to welcome you back to part four of our current event and weekly Bible study for April 29th, 2019. And this is the last part, I believe. Yeah, last part. And um, this is a listener question, and they asked me, and I just got this this week as well. All the questions I'm going over, I literally got this week. Listener comment, please do a study on forgiveness, but what about forgiving the wicked? And she says, thank you for your hard work and dedication to Christ and all of us. You're a safe harbor in the storm. It's terrible out here, meaning in the world. Please do a study on forgiveness, but also I know that we are commanded to forgive our brethren, but Leviticus speaks of the wicked. Other scriptures do too, but I'm not an expert. I do know that he said, uh, some only know the whip and that we are not to pray for God's enemies. Well, the Bible talks about that in Jeremiah 11, Jeremiah 7, and Jeremiah 14, where Israel was in extreme wickedness, where they were literally sacrificing their own babies to Moloch. And yet they were in the temple saying that they're doing the will of God. And then God, God, we're, we're, we're so with God that he's given us um, this um, green light to go ahead and sacrifice our, our children and do all this manner of wickedness. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but that's what, if you read Jeremiah 7, 11, and 14, it's essentially where society had gotten to, is, Israeli uh, society had gotten to. And God says in those passages of Jeremiah, it says, don't pray for this, these people, for I will not hear your prayer. Okay, so there is a there's a time that that will come to that, and um, um, also First John five, um, chapter five, it talks about uh, if you see a brother or a sister sin a sin unto death, you shall not pray for it. Now, there's that's a little. I can't be super dogmatic about that, uh, but um, Bible talks about it there and um about when we're not supposed to pray for for a situation okay uh, but that's kind of like the exception more than than the rule i would say uh and she says that the wicked are not, are not our brethren um i've said this before like with psalm 64 and um the Bible says, but God shall shoot at them with an arrow. It talks about the wicked in the first part, and then it talks about the God's judgment on them in the second. God shall shoot at them with an arrow, and suddenly shall they be wounded, so they shall make their own tongues to fall upon themselves, and all that see them shall flee away, and all men shall fear and shall declare the work of God, for they shall wisely consider of his doing. So see, in that particular instance where when God judges the wicked, good things always happen. And um, righteousness always comes as a result of that, and those that can be saved, I pray would be saved as a result of them seeing the judgment on the wicked. But if the wicked never get judged, most people left unto themselves will never repent because they've never really seen any kind of judgment of God and they think there's no real ramifications and they've convinced themselves in their own mind that there's no hell, so I can live whatever way I want. So it's kind of a balancing act with, with all of this. You know, uh, she says, so I, I pray to Jesus constantly about forgiveness. I've been up against people that are even my family, now my ex-husband, now my now no longer beloved friends. I can't believe what is revealed about them. And, and 
the Bible predicts this, where, you know, Jesus Christ even said, I think not I come to bring a peace but a sword, and they of they your own household become your enemies, and mother against daughter, and father against son, and this type of stuff. And it's not what Jesus wants, but it's just that the gospel, the true gospel of God in the Bible will divide. It's like a sword. It will divide. It has a tendency to do that. Jesus said, narrow is the way which leadeth to life eternal, and few there be that find it, which is kind of a confirmation of what we just saw about that hell testimony and what we read in those other verses in the Bible. Many will say to me, Lord, Lord, have we not done you know, all these things? And depart from me, I never knew you. Um, so that's why I think the Bible says to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Um, and these types of things. So... I mean, it, it doesn't really get any more serious than this subject. It really doesn't. This is the most serious. Like, all the stuff I cover about all the stuff coming, you know, you could you could have every safe haven in the world and God could preserve you through all this stuff. And, and then again, if God was preserving you, you're probably in his will. But, I mean, he could he, a lot of this stuff could happen. And let's say you had all this planned out and you did, did all this. And then you, what does it benefit, though, if you plunge into hell? for eternity so this subject is the most important that i will cover because it heavily relates to salvation as well um then she says i can't believe what is revealed about them seriously i'm in utter shock and disbelief but it's all true they've done things that can only be described as wicked i'm not judging uh, but the bible says to judge righteous judgment you know, and that's part of judging righteous. I mean, you, you're looking at the fruit of, you have to look at the fruit of a plant and judge it. And, you know, what the Bible talks about, about not judging is when you're in hypocritical judgment, when you're judging the speck in your brother's eye and you have a beam in your own, that's hypocritical judgment. And the Bible says, if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. That's a big one too, to avoid judgment from God, judge yourself. Okay, which revolves, involves self-examination. And ask the Holy Spirit to help you do that. And He doesn't want to put us in hell, guys. He doesn't. Okay? He doesn't want us there. But we've got to follow his rule book as well. We've got to go by his guidelines, which is the word of God. And um, we don't want to be, as the Bible talks about, a castaway. You know, like Paul said that, I believe. That I myself would be, you know, a castaway. And, and there, there's a lot of verses about this stuff. You know, you read Revelation, um, I believe it's 2 and 3, where the, the, the letters to the churches, and, and it talks a lot about to they that overcome. It's the overcomers, you know, that they're in reference to there that are going to obtain salvation. And there's, there's a lot of very stern warnings in Revelation 2 and 3 to the churches. Very, very sobering warnings that that implicate hellfire in those so it's all through the new testament it's not like you can just say well i don't care what any of that says i'm saved once saved always saved. i said that prayer i can live whatever way i want and i don't have to look at anything else no you have to we, we, we need to um, reconcile all the scriptures together and um anyway it says uh she goes on to say Something has changed drastically. She feels it began in 2012. 
but based on prophecy the division of the wheat and the tares is occurring and it is finished or it's about to wrap up i, I don't know I, only god knows that i don't know she says i don't know but the signs of something radical is happening still though i'm left in a sea of bitterness and unforgiveness and I asked Jesus to help me to forgive as I cannot do it myself. Maybe that's one of the reasons why I don't really have a problem in those areas. Because Jesus knew that if I did, how could I do this ministry? <laughs> I mean, I would be constant. I mean, yeah, I get righteous and indignant about a lot of stuff. But he's given me that ability to kind of let go and, and to forgive. Um, but... It's not that I'm not righteous and indignant about all the wickedness and sin I see and in, in these types of things. But I, again, I think that's why I'm called to this particular ministry because especially in today's day and age, if you have if you struggle with bitterness and unforgiveness, you're not gonna want to do what I'm trying to do with this ministry. <laughs> I mean it's it's tough, even though I don't have big time problems in those areas, it's still very hard. I admit it. Uh, then she said, I asked Jesus to help me to forgive as I cannot do it myself. Amen. Please do a study about this. Please help those of us desperately afraid that we are on the wrong track and time is running out sincerely. And I, I, I'm keeping everybody anonymous, you know. And so my reply um, to her. Okay, so here, here's my response. And I've already responded to some of it because you, you've, you've heard what I've said. But here's my, my response to her. I said, I would try to forgive everyone instantly if possible if you feel you cannot. Again, this is what um, Sid Roth was just talking about there, about trying to, to repent instantly and forgive instantly. And, and um, you know, obviously forgiveness is not the only issue here. That's her particular issue, why she ended up in hell. I think that was her main one there. But also, you know, we talked a lot about other sins that the Bible talks about fornication and and um adultery and all those other things that we mentioned too so it's not just it's unforgiveness i do think it's one of the main reasons christians would end up there or ones that would call themselves christians would end up there um i said i would try to forgive everyone instantly if possible if you feel you cannot and especially if you are in bitterness you need deliverance in this area see the steps below and it's the same stuff i've been telling you the Derek prince and then win Worley, and then if you feel like you need one-on-one -on -one, spiritual warfare team.com and then you can go up to youtube and key in certain um uh, like deliverance for forgiveness and bitterness okay which i give you the link here for that um also when you are done with the steps below go to this link and pray about which ones the lord would have you go through and it's a youtube link and it's for deliverance and unforgiveness and bitterness Okay, because then you can get real specific. Because the Win Worley one in particular is like the outer layers of the onions that you're dealing with, but it makes everything else smoother. If you take care of those big outer layer issues, which the Win Worley deliverance is very, very broad in scope. You're covering a lot of bases. You're getting rid of a lot of garbage, okay? Then once that's done, everything, there's other demons that will come out a lot easier, okay? So that's why you do it you're setting the stage for deeper deliverance typically okay so we need to forgive if they are saved or unsaved and this is uh, when she asked me about this should i forgive like my enemies or the wicked well this these verses 
instantly came in my head. Now, I had to look them up. I didn't know exactly what chapter and verse it was, but they instantly came into my head when she asked me that question, which is how I know the Holy Spirit's bringing up these things. Luke 23, 33 says, And when they were come to this place, which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. And this is Jesus, obviously. They crucified Jesus. And the malefactors, one on the right hand and on the other, the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now, he did this after he had been, you know, beaten and scourged and shamed and spit upon and beat up and, and had to carry his own cross until he couldn't carry it anymore. And he had a crown of thorns and he was being crucified. And all of this, they're crucifying the Son of God. So Jesus, our ultimate example, says, Jesus said, then said Jesus, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They, and they really don't because even a wicked person doing this to you doesn't understand that, you know, in hell, you're, you don't understand the kind of wrath you're heaping up for yourself in hell. You just don't. You don't really know. You can say, well, yes, they did know what they're doing. No, they really don't because they're not understanding the full ramifications of what's going to take place in hell. Okay, they may in the moment know, yes, I know that I'm killing this Jesus, okay, which they weren't referring to as the son of god but whatever they were referring to him but they don't understand the full ramifications and they parted his raiment and cast lots and the people stood beholding and the rulers also with them derided him saying he saved others let him save himself if he be christ the chosen of god and the soldiers also mocked him coming to him and offering him vinegar and so they you know they couldn't do anything more to try to provoke him and in jesus's response was father forgive them for they know not what they do so we should do likewise as hard as it may be but like lori ditto said it's like i was in hell and i was there primarily for unforgiveness and there's all these other people around me for the same reason um because there's a lot of different areas of hell from what i've seen it's vast um oh, what was my point here though oh but she she was saying that i knew i was there and it was righteous for me to be there because i had all this unforgiveness in my heart and i would never forgive and the thing was is that you know what i wasn't forgiving over was so trivial in comparison to what jesus had forgiven me of and if we could keep that in our mind that would help a lot i think you forgive other people Think about what Jesus has forgiven you of, okay? And understand, a lot of the times, the people that have done you wrong, probably a lot of them aren't even Christians. Or if they are, they're probably baby Christians. And they're in the flesh, they're carnally minded, they're, they're, um, they're immature. And they're just, you don't know what their history is. You don't know, like, all they've been through that's led up to the, them becoming the person they've become and jesus would do the same thing for them he would forgive them as well so that is something to take in mind too is you don't know what that person what made them that person that you supposedly can't forgive but in comparison no matter what they've done to you in comparison to what jesus done is for on a forgiveness scale it's far greater what jesus did for you in forgiveness than what they did against you that you can't forgive them for. So she said, these things seem trivial. In hell, you know, that I couldn't forgive on earth. 
And they really are. If you look at what Jesus did for us in comparison. So that's, that's a way I think that, that we could, um, that would help us forgive. Okay. Um, Matthew 5, 43, ye have heard it said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, this is Jesus, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. Now, I do not, I, I also think what this doesn't mean is that we pray that God bless our enemies in their wickedness. I mean, if that's the case, what are the imprecatory prayers there for? But again, it's it's about biblical balance here, okay? You can still love your enemies and pray for their souls to be saved and bless them that curse you and do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and at the same and persecute you and still at the same time pray that they are they don't prosper in wickedness. Pray that if it takes God to hang them over hell in order for them to get saved, then that be the case or these pedophiles that they they're they're not able to defile the little ones and the children anymore and that if they will not repent of their wickedness that in order to spare the, the little children you know please lord god deal with them i don't think there's anything wrong with with praying that way because you don't want a pedophile or a child molester is a more accurate term to be blessed in his wickedness right god doesn't want that so all i'm saying is that there, there's there's a certain amount of um common sense too to understand that that you know imprecatory prayers i do believe are valid um but it's a matter of of balancing and commingling these scriptures you know so matthew then the next verse says that ye may be the children of your father which is in heaven for he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. And when ye stand praying, forgive, if ye have any ought against any. So you forgive everybody. Okay? Not just your brethren, but also, you know, the unsaved. That your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive your trespasses. Because see, that's conditional. You're not going to get forgiveness from Father God unless you forgive others. And we're going to get into this more here. Uh, okay, so I'm going to, I'm going to, I mean, these Bible verses, are, I think, are going to make this crystal clear to you. I've got a lot more to go over here. Uh, let's see here. Matthew 6, 14 and 15. But for if you forgive men not, if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. So you see, you see how this could be a big implication for where you end up? That's why she went there. Now, God didn't keep her there. He did it in his mercy. Because in that particular instance, evidently she had all this unforgiveness that had just so become a part of her that it took something really super mega drastic, like letting her go to hell and experiencing that for a brief period of time to, to get her to understand that if you forgive not men in your trespasses, neither are you going to get tr forgiveness, you know? And again, I'm not judging Lori Ditto. I'm not, trust me. If, if I got what I deserved, I get death and hell too. So, I, I mean, 
this is a real fear and trembling type of subject to cover. I, I prayed, you know, the Lord would really try to speak through me and, and I wouldn't botch this and mess this up. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, um, that's for confessing our sins to Father God, okay, through the Lord Jesus Christ. And then Matthew 18, 15, moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault. So this is the remedy for, okay, let's say somebody's offended you in the church, okay? Well, this is the remedy for how you deal with it. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. If, she, if, he, shall, if he shall hear, thou hast gained thy brother. But if he will not hear, then take with thee one or two more, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word may be established. Now, obviously, it would have to be one or two more that uh, had seen this trespass against you, okay? Because out of the mouth of two or three witnesses every word is established. And if he shall neglect to hear them, tell it unto the church. But if he neglect to hear the church, let him be as a heathen man or a publican. Now, this, I'm sure this probably rarely ever takes place in churches now. Okay. But this is the biblical remedy, nevertheless. Okay. So, um, that's the, that's the steps in progression. Matthew 18, 21 and 22. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Okay. Now, this is regarding a brother. Okay. Till seven times, Jesus saith unto him. Or no, no. Till seven times was the, was the question that he asked Jesus. And then Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until 70 times seven. So 490 you know so now after he says that now we're going to get clarification on why this needs to be the case from a scriptural standpoint okay and this is going to really drive home why we need to forgive and this parable is going to just lay it out for us okay so next verse matthew 18 verse 23 therefore so this is after Jesus said, you, you forgive until 70 times 7, 490 times. Okay. Verse 23. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened. So he immediately goes into this parable. Okay. Which will give further, much further clarification. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. Okay. And, um, and when he'd begun to reckon, one was brought unto him. One of his servants was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. Now, I don't know if that was 10,000 talents of gold or silver, but basically what they're saying here, what the gist of this is, is it was a debt he could never repay. Never in a million years is he going to pay, repay 10,000 talents of silver or gold, most likely. But isn't that what Jesus did for us? When he bore sins on the cross on Calvary and, and we receive salvation through him. Isn't that what he did for us? He paid a debt for us that could never be paid in the natural. We could never pay. We could never be good enough to get to heaven. 
So see, understand, that's the whole foundation of this. They're, they're trying to, Jesus is trying to, to tell this parable to lay the groundwork. And when you owe the king 10,000 talents of either silver or gold, it's a debt you can never repay. Okay? So, but for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and his children and all that he had and that and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me. I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him his debt. He forgave him a debt of 10,000 talents. Whether it's silver or gold, I don't know, but that's a ton of money. That's a real, real gigongous forgiveness thing going on there. Okay. Pardon my amazing English there. Okay, so ver uh, verse 25. But, it, but for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold. And his wife... Um, oh, no, I'm sorry. Hold on. I'm, 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 that was the verses previously. Okay, so no, he had, he, the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him his debt. Okay. <laughs> and this is where, okay. This is where you have to relate this to what, why Lori Ditto ended up in hell. Okay. Verse 28. But the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence, which is like a tiny portion of what, of what like he owed this king like this tiny infinitesimal portion 100 pence compared to 10,000 talents so the same servant that had been just forgiven by the king who had shown compassion on him found one of his fellow servants which owed him 100 pence and he laid hands on him and took him by the throat saying pay me that thou owest whoa really dude really did you just forget what just happened to you a second ago where the just righteous wonderful king forgave you 10 a ten thousand talent debt that you can never ever repay and you were all going to go to prison debtor's prison or whatever be a slave you're you, the lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and his children all that he had to make payment you're gonna be sold into slavery yeah you just got forgiven of all that but you got a real short memory because the first guy you see that owes you a hundred pence you lay hands on him and you take him by the throat and say pay me that thou owest ugh ay 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 you know i mean come on dude so then he says and his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him saying have patience with me i will pay thee all well isn't that what he just got done doing when he was presented now this is a debt that the servant could i'm sure could pay at some point but and so the fellow servant does the same thing he just did a second ago before the king he, he fell down his feet besought him saying have patience with me i'll pay thee all but what was his reaction the guy that had been given been forgiven the 10,000 talent debt and he would not but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt are you kidding me 
oh, whoa. But see, that's what we do when we don't forgive. We're doing the same thing in God's eyes when we don't forgive. So I can sit here and rant and rave all day and say this guy's or whatever, but if, if we don't do that, that's what we're doing in God's eyes because he's forgiven us a debt we can never repay. Our sin debt on the cross covered under the blood of Calvary through Jesus Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection. Did you ever look at this parable this way? <laughs> I'm telling you, man, this is... Woo, man, this is heavy. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So his fellow servants saw what was done. And they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord, was the king, all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called upon him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant. I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Remember, he begged him to please forgive him the debt. Shouldest not thou also had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? Now, this is the key to all of this, this sentence. This is the mindset we need to have as Christians regarding others that have offended us, whether they're saved or unsaved, no matter what the offense. And again, if you can't, physically can't do this, pursue deliverance on getting delivered from these demons and devils that have their hooks into you so bad that you feel as though you cannot do this. You can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. And I'm not saying it has to be through deliverance. You can specifically pray about this in prayer pray and fast now if you do if you pray and fast and do deliverance you're going to get even multiplied effects it's supercharging of prayers praying and fasting you know and if you feel you can't fast or whatever well that might be a demon too that's that's preventing you or putting mindsets into your head saying oh you can't do this you can't sure you can you know sure you can but this is the key this is the mindset we need to have shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant even as i had pity on thee forgiving this guy that owed him a hundred pence was nothing in comparison to what the king had just forgiven him like a day before wherever however long that went by Ten thousand talents does not compare to 100 pence So, listen, if you would just adopt that mindset and get a hold of this proverb, I would hope that every single one of my listeners could really grasp on why it's so important to forgive. Why it's so incredibly important to forgive. And hopefully this would make it a lot easier for you. Get things in perspective. Think about Lori Ditto in hell. It's not worth it. It's just, it's so not worth it. I don't know, man. This, I mean, this gets me fired up. I mean, this is awesome. I mean, I, I, honestly, I hope this encourages you. Verse 34. And, the, and his Lord was wroth and delivered him unto the tormentors. Well, that doesn't sound good. 
Where did Lori Ditto go? Because she didn't forgive. No. Till he should pay all that was due him. So likewise shall my heavenly father do also unto you if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. So I guess there's room for interpretation there, but I would go, I would try to always forgive everyone. I mean, Jesus Christ on the cross said, Father, forgive them. These were all unsaved devils that were putting him on the cross for they know not what they do. We're to be Christ-like. So listen, he couldn't hurt and I, and I don't and I, I don't think we should go around with unforgiveness in our heart it's it's you know it's not good it's not good so he said likewise shall my heavenly father do unto you what was that he delivered him under the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him Ooh, well that's hellfire So this is not something we want to mess around with. We can all do this. Okay? And again, I think I've given you a lot of different remedies and avenues in order to pursue this if you're having problems in this area. Prayer, fasting, uh, um, well, obviously dwelling, dwelling on these scriptures regarding forgiveness that we're going over. That's a way that because as a man thinketh, so is he deliverance breaking curses off your life there's a lot of different things we can do to get to that point and the lord is long suffering here's another thing once god sees you making an effort a real effort in this area you take one step and then god takes another step but if you're making no effort god typically will not make effort he's not going to force you to do something okay I, I've learned that you know and and when you start taking those initial steps god starts to come toward you and, 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 you know, he'll do a portion and then you do a portion and then, you know. There's the verse that uh, Lori Ditto, she said, confess your, sin, your sins, but it's actually confess your faults one to another. Because, again, confessing your sins to one another, then you get into the whole confessional type thing, which is where the Catholics operate out of, with the confessional, which is just no, nothing more than a blackmailing thing throughout the ages. They use it to blackmail and to get information on their parishioners and browbeat and then also get, you know, oh, well, there, there's, that the confessional has been used in a lot of different ways, <laughs> wicked, wicked ways. So confess your faults to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Okay, so that's a way you can be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Luke 6, 27 through 38. There's another big portion of scripture. But I say unto you, which here, love your enemies, do good to them which hate you. Okay? So if we're to love our enemies, that would also mean forgiving them. Okay? Because you can't love them and not forgive them. And again, that is very hard to do. Especially, you know, somebody that's really done you wrong. But I would go to the Lord and ask them to give you that. See, the thing is, is, is we need to look at it like what's been done for us. Just like what the king did. Forgave the 10,000 talent debt. And, the one, and then the guy goes out and grabs the guy by the throat because he won't pay him. And throws him in jails because he won't pay him 100 pence. You look at in relation to what God did for him. And then how ungrateful he was that he went out and did this to the other guy that owed him this little pittance. Okay, so 
I think that's the mindset we have to understand is, is the mindset of what has God done for us? Can we do that for other people? What he's done for us is greater than anything we could do for other people. So we owe this to God because we love him to keep his commandments. Okay. And I say unto you, which hear, love your enemies, do good to them, which hate you, bless them that curse you. Now that doesn't mean you bless them like, oh God, please bless them in wickedness. Think about it. If you're dealing with an enemy or with a wicked person, what's the greatest blessing you could ask for them? That they get saved. So I think the greatest thing you can do is pray that they get saved and pray for them the spirit of adoption. Pray that every wicked thing that Satan was accomplishing through that person be turned for good. Now I need to, I need to, I need to do this as much as anybody more often. Uh, but that's the greatest blessing you could ever pray for somebody that curses you isn't it salvation the spirit of adoption which is what adopts you into the family of god yeah i think so because let's face it i mean bless them that curse you okay well what blessing would even matter other than salvation if they're on their way to hell what, what blessing would even matter well bless them with a car god the wicked and, and and those that curse me no no obviously not you know no, bless them with salvation, the spirit of adoption, whatever it takes, God, to bring them to Jesus. Do that. Do that. Show them the love of God. Hang them out over hell if that be necessary. The Bible says the goodness of the Lord leadeth thee to repentance. So sometimes it's the goodness of God will lead people to repentance. But it also says the severity of God leadeth thee to repentance. So most of the time I've seen, you know, it's the severity of God that will get people's attention. Um, so anyway, let's go further here. Pray for them which despitefully use you and unto them, unto him that smiteth thee on one cheek, offer him also the other and him that taketh away thy cloak, forbid not to take thy coat also. Give to every man that asketh, asketh of thee and him that taketh away thy goods, ask them not. Now, I think that there's, Again, discernment to be used here because if you see a guy on the side of the road, you know he's a meth addict and he wants all your money. Are we supposed to give him all of our money? So do as the spirit leads, okay? Um, you know what I mean? Regarding this, there, there, there's, there's, there's um, discernment that needs to be commingled as well, okay? And, as, and this is the golden rule. Okay, do unto others as you'd have done unto yourself. But this is where the golden rules derive from this verse, verse 31, Luke uh, 6.20. I'm sorry, Luke 6.31. And as ye would that men should do to you, do ye also to them likewise. Okay, so do unto others as you'd have done unto yourself. The way you want to be treated, you treat other people. That's what the verse is saying. It's the golden rule. For if you love them which love you, what thank have ye? For sinners also love those that love them. And if ye do good to them which do good unto you, what thank have ye? For sinners also do even the same. And if ye lend to them of whom ye hope to receive, what thank have ye? For sinners also lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love ye your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again. And your reward shall be great, shall be great. And ye shall be children of of the highest for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil 
Be ye therefore merciful as your Father is also merciful. So you forgive because your Father forgives. And you are merciful because your Father is merciful. These are the tenets that we need to have in our head. Judge not and ye shall not be judged. And this is, this is hypocritical judgment, judging the speck in your brother's eye when you have a beam in your own. Judge not lest ye be judged, because Jesus Christ even said judge righteous judgment. Okay? And that is, that is like, okay, is the, free bear, is the tree bearing good fruit or bad fruit? That's straight from his analogy. You know? So we, we have to judge all the time, but it's hypocritical judgment is what we want to try to, we try to stay away from. Um... Okay, so let's go further here. Okay, judge not and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive and ye shall be forgiven. Which is what, you know, we were just talking about. Give and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Uh, that's why I think giving is always very important. Uh, Colossians 3.13 Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have any quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. So, again, just a reiteration of forgiving one another. Um, Hebrews 12.14 says, Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. Which is, you know, a warning. Looking diligently, lest any man fail of the grace of God. Lest any root of bitterness springing up trouble you. And thereby many be defiled. So this root of bitterness comes in, and I really believe that leads to unforgiveness. And probably a whole other host of very bad things it's a spirit though it's like this root of bitterness springing up which troubles you and defiles you and i i believe that's a lot of times the source of unforgiveness that a lot of, that a person can be that, and you can get delivered from this okay um ephesians 429 let let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth and that would be you know like you know corrupt uh dirty jokes and um, cussing and things of this nature. Perversion, stuff like that. Uh, but that which is good to the use of edifying, building other people up, edifying others, okay? That it may minister grace unto the hearers and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Now, again, in order to, if you're having problem with these areas, print out these verses, just like I had the verses I told everybody to print out regarding um, fear and worry and all that stuff. If you're having problems in those areas, print out the verses in the Bible that relate to the areas that you're having problems with. And if you got to read them every day or more than once a day, do that. Because as a man thinketh, so is he. And the word of God has that power to change you. So that's, that's a, the remedy also. One of the remedies is just specifically reading specific portions of the word of God that pertain to whatever area you're having trouble with. You can print out these verses that I'm going through. 
you keep reading them and you keep going and you don't give up and take the other things I've told you to do and, and you can overcome it. But it may take a lot of effort on your end depending on, on how much of a problem it, it is for you and how long standing it's been. So let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. And again, it's, we forgive others because Christ has forgiven us. So again, and then I post for like the third time, <laughs> the uh, how to pass from, pass from blessing to cursing with Derek Prince, and um, then uh, the Win Worley uh, protocol there. So uh, that's all I have for today. And um, um, I will just go ahead and close this out in a quick word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day, this time you've given us, Lord. And I do pray for my listeners, Lord, and anyone hearing these these messages, um, and particularly the, the scriptural principles that we outlined today, Lord. And I just, Lord, I, I, I loose your angels, Lord, regarding these matters, and that they would minister to anyone hearing this, Lord God, and um, help them and convict them to take the necessary steps to make the necessary corrections in whatever area they might be struggling in, Lord. And that they would receive deliverance in those areas. And Lord, we bind up every devil, demon, evil entity, fallen angel, or fallen cherub that would try to hinder this prayer in any way, shape, or form. We bind them up, we rebuke them, and I pray, Jesus, you cast them into the abyss or wherever you want them to go and that none would be able to come to take their place. And I pray you forgive us, Lord, for any and all sins we've committed as we forgive those who have sinned against us and that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer, and that you cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults that they would not have dominion over us. And we ask all these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.